2: This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network.
4: All right, Saturday Night Live in Las Vegas. The Sunday Bet Prep Show, NFL Preview Show. Scott or Matt Humans here at the Veasan Studio inside the Circa Sportsbook downtown Las Vegas. Scott, NFL Week 14 seems oh, like every week we say, eh, I don't like the card that much. <laughs> no, I hate the card. I had people text me this week, hate this card. I think it's okay. I want to try to be optimistic about the card tonight. How about you?
5: I like last week's card. I go two and three in the contest, <laughs> and then I have the Jets as my top personal play on Sunday, and we saw what happened there. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I go into the card on Wednesday night when I'm really hammered away at this card after first doing the stuff last Sunday night for this week. And uh, jumped back in on Wednesday. We did our contest plays, and I thought, you know, I could handle this card. But, again, I liked last week's card and had that two and three week. I'm going to tell you real quick before we jump into the heart of all this stuff. Had the Jets. I saw what happened. You texted me. I had, the jets. I had me, the jets. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're both, you know. That was fun. It's the most yeah. ticked off I've been at a loss in probably 15 years. I mean, wow. I was ready to really? just, like, you know, fire you know my my skull through a wall or something. Don't do that, but I, I, yeah, was, I was close. But anyway, uh, so I saw that, and I'm like, all right. And I get over it quick. It's part of the game. You win, you lose. It's part of the whole thing. So then in the evening, I've got one more play to go. I've got the Colts plus the points. And the wife and I go out to eat. The place we went to has kind of a, you walk in, they've got a bar and a little bar and a little few booths and all that. And then you go back into the restaurant. So I haven't been paying attention to the game because I've had enough NFL after the Jets loss. I walked, we're walking towards the back. I look up. I see, wow, Colts have the ball. In the red zone, I think inside the 10 yard line of Dallas, they're down by two. I get a touchdown here. It's like a minute to go in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty good about life. Sure. Go back, there's no TV on, turned off the phone, the whole thing. Get done, I'm riding home in my car and I've got a friend of mine who isn't a better, who is a big Dallas Cowboys fan and goes, boy, I love seeing the Cowboys put it to a team. Didn't know who I had, I've, obviously, mm-hmm. I don't. he's not a better. And I happen to see the score 54 at 19. <laughs> and it was like, uh, I'd already had it with the Jets. I just kind of laughed. At that final score that I saw with the, with the Colts giving up 33 fourth quarter points, but uh, it's crazy Sunday. So I did like last Sunday. It didn't help too much at the end of the of uh, the end of the day. I had the Jets and the Colts as well.
4: I went two well, and three in the Westgate Super uh, Contest and. I felt pretty good when the Colts were going for two to tie the game at 21-21, late in the third quarter. Yeah. And uh, then I went out to get something to eat. I came back, and it was 47-19. Uh, to 19. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell happened? Crazy. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, I didn't even want to watch the replay at that point. No. Uh, you don't care. Loaded show tonight. D.C., Dwayne Colucci, Rampart Sportsbook Manager. In a half hour, Chad Andrus, Denver radio host, going to come on to talk Russell Wilson uh, let's roll. Let's ride, Broncos country. Let's ride. <laughs> Will Hill, v analyst, and Scott Kellen, NFL handicapper, two of our favorite regulars on the show tonight as well. Let's kick it off with a seven-time Super Bowl champ who's an underdog to Mr. Irrelevant, Buccaneers and 49ers in San Francisco on Sunday afternoon and uh, right now at Circus Sports, also at DraftKings. The 49ers, three-and-a-half-point favorites, total of 37-and-a-half. It looks like it's going to be a low-scoring grinder, which a lot of Buccaneers games have been. Mm. San Francisco's got one of the top defenses in the NFL, if not the top defense. Uh, So it's not Brady against uh, Brock Purdy, necessarily. But that's a uh, fun storyline to look at when you're talking about a seven-time Super Bowl champ who's the GOAT going against a guy who's a 262nd pick in the NFL draft. (laughs)
5: set all kinds of records at Ames Iowa he gets no credit. goes last in the draft, but yep. uh, listen, I don't know, man, the value of Jimmy G wasn't that big compared to the value of Brock Purdy. So you've got a guy who's led a team to a Super Bowl who was playing well uh, this season for San Francisco he gets hurt. Here comes Brock Purdy only in his second game in the NFL. and uh, again, the adjustment wasn't that huge, so mm. not bad for a backup. Uh, I don't think they have to change too many uh too much of the scheming that they did offensively with Brock Purdy behind center. Uh, as they did when they had uh, Jimmy G. I think it's going to be pretty close to the same. It's going to be a lot of footwork, a lot of short, crisp passing routes, hand the ball off, throw short passes to your running backs, that kind of stuff. And Purdy's more mobile than uh, Garoppolo. So, you know, you might have to escape a couple of times. The thing you always worry about about a young quarterback is that he might decide to pull the ball down a little bit too early when the pressure's coming on and not quite go through all of his progressions when they are there to be gone through and take off and run the football and get his team in a little bit of trouble. Uh, then we have Tom Brady. He'll throw the ball 50 times plus if he has to. I mean, that's basically all they do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe there's another team in the NFL that throws the ball at a higher percentage per offensive plays than do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not the first to say that this week. But uh, when I see all of this, and I see what Purdy can do with his feet when he has to, and again, I know he's going to be under a lot of pressure he has to perform. You might get a short field posi- uh, situation out of the Bucks if they can pick him off, force a turnover, Matt. But I kept thinking... And I'm not a big totals guy, but this total feels more like a 40 than a 37 and a half to me. And I know you've got two stout defenses and all that kind of stuff that goes with it. But Brady can't, if they can't run the football, Brady has no problem throwing the ball 50, 55 times. And Purdy is going to probably make a few nice plays, probably make a few bad plays. And I just keep thinking, boy, I could see 42, 43 points being put up in this game. Having said that, did I jump on this play and make it a bet? No, because I could also see 10-6 final. Uh, But, again, there's plenty of opportunities for these two teams to put up numbers against Mm -hmm. two good defenses, and you got a a low number, low total.
4: Do I have to bring up the total you played last week? Which one
5: was that? The Buccaneers over. I I don't think we have to bring that up, do we? (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to the film.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I kind of agreed with you last week. I said, at some point, this Tampa Bay offense has got to bust out, right? Yeah, yeah. And why not against the Saints team? It should be a dead dog on the road. That has nothing to play for. I'm watching the game. Five minutes left, and the Buccaneers have three points. How is this even possible?
5: It was like eight minutes into the game. You could tell they weren't going anywhere yeah. against a New Orleans team that was shot pretty much for the most part. And then, of course, they get the two late touchdowns and win 17-16. So I could see that. Again, like I said, I'm not playing this game. I'm not saying run out and make a bet. It just feels like more of a 40 than a 37-and-a-half to me. Uh, if I don't play it, maybe they get there. So there you go. But – uh I do remember that last week. And again, like you, Matt, I really thought that this is the spot if the Buccaneers are going to bust out, it would be against that defense and in that game, and they couldn't do it again.
4: You look at an offense with uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones when he's out there, Leonard Fournette was there. He was healthy last week. How do you have three points against the Saints with five minutes to go in a game after scoring those three on the first drive of the game?
5: I'm going to say it again, too. they got a head coach that – keeps getting away with this. They keep blaming everything but him. His name hardly ever comes up. Todd Bowles. Exactly, as being part of the problem. But his overall NFL head coaching record is abysmal. I mean, he's like 75, 80 games, and he's about 15, 16 games under 500. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's a situation where I think that coaching staff needs to start taking some of the blame instead of what they have blamed it on throughout the course of the year. The lack of a running game shocks you because you do have a Leonard Fournette but when he's healthy, can cut, but can also run you over. Mm-hmm. And it's just not happening this year for this team.
4: And you hear the excuse as well, the offensive lines beat up. How many offensive lines are beat up in the NFL? Almost all of them. There's not too Especially many. at this the, point of the year. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't think that's a viable excuse at this point for Tom Brady to be throwing the ball 55 times a game for 250 yards. Sure. You know, it's five-yard passes. Yep. And it's uh, last week, Brock Purdy, by the way, 25-37 of 37 for 210 yards, two touchdowns and one interception, uh, a little bit of a question who's going to be surrounding him in that offense this week. I think Kyle Shanahan's going to be pretty conservative uh, with the game plan. Like you said, Scott, you got the 49ers ranked number one in the NFL in scoring defense, 15.8 points a game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers ranked number five at 18.3 points a game. <laughs> I just keep waiting for this uh, Bucs offense to bust out. It's sure. not happening. Eight straight games now failed to score more than 22 points.
5: Yeah, it's tough. Again, I I just think offensively, you would think that these two teams can do something, even though they're going up against two strong defenses for the all the all the reasons that I already mentioned. But to sit there and plunk your money down at the window or make your your betting app bet, you know, it's just a situation where it's tough to do. Man, it's like you know trying to bet New Orleans before net, last week. It was just I couldn't just do it, um, and, I, and I'm tired of getting burned uh, by this Tampa Bay offense. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the problem is you expect them to match up. Well, when you look at matchups, not, I'm not a big matchup guy anymore. It used to be like 80% of my handicap 15 years ago. Now it's probably 20% of my handicap. And when I look at those offensive matchups though, in the trenches, they usually are at least even with the defensive line. That's why I'm just having a hard time understanding that other than it's schemes and it's coaches that are causing the problem.
4: Yeah. And at times I think Tom Brady's looked uh, kind of disengaged and, uh, apathetic, like, hey, I'm done in Tampa. I think the team he wants to play for is the team he's facing this week, San Francisco. He wants to go sure. home. Uh, next year, I still think it's going to happen that Tom Brady is going to be the quarterback for the 49ers, especially with the current quandary at quarterback that the 49ers are facing. Right. Uh, but as of right now, Brady's still playing okay. He's got zip on the passes. Kyle Shanahan was talking about it this week. I don't see much deterioration in, in mm-hmm. the skills, and you really don't. I just can't figure out why this offense... Has not been more productive, and uh, especially against a, a team like uh, the Saints a week ago, I was scratching my head. That said, Scott, I took the three and <laughs> a half with the Bucks in the contest. I got them so,
5: too. There you yeah. go. Didn't take the under, but we did take or the over, but we did take the. Uh, I did the not Bucks play the total. Contest. Yeah.
4: You know, I, I found it interesting. Uh, we'll wrap up this uh, segment with uh, a little college football today. How much <laughs> debate there was about the Army Navy total on Twitter, uh, with the total <laughs> dropping all the way to thirty-two. And it had stayed under the total 16 consecutive games, and it goes over today in double overtime. Yeah. In regulation, I believe there were 20 points scored in the Army Navy game, and it was lucky getting 20. Yeah,
5: yeah, it was you know uh, Army at halftime had 33 total yards and led seven three. Uh, there was no passing game whatsoever for the first most of the first three quarters. There was a punt return for a touchdown for Army. To get that first score and i was all set we got dwayne colucci coming on i was all set to say how many more unders in a row do we need before we get a 29 and a half on this total it was dread- it was horrible football mm-hmm. i mean seriously it was like uh i, I don't even want to call it uh I, I i would call it like a bishop gorman's redheaded stepchild it was that bad <laughs> watching that game i couldn't do it i started watching a lot of basketball rather than army navy second half
4: I think Army had 125 total yards at the end of regulation. I think that's about right, yeah. Had a block punt for a touchdown, all sorts of things. Two for 10 passing. (laughs) Dwayne Colucci is going to be coming up uh, pretty soon here. Next, we're going to talk about the debacle with the Raiders on Thursday night. Quick look back at Rams Raiders and a preview of another top game this weekend.
0: Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on Veasan,
2: the Sports Betting Network.
4: All right, welcome back to the segment of Sunday Bet Prep. It was presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, the surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Most nicotine products are either too complicated to use or don't provide the satisfaction you're seeking. But Zen Nicotine Pouches might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients. And is completely tobacco-leaf-free, plus it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zen online or find a store near you at Z-y-n. Z-Y-N.com today. And warning, this product contains nicotine, which is an addictive chemical. All right, back here on the Sunday Bet Prep Show. And Scott, let's uh, take a quick look back at Thursday night. I guess we have to. <laughs> Uh, I was on the show with Michael Lombardi this morning, and he was still fuming about the Raiders <laughs> blowing the 16-3 lead in the fourth quarter and giving up a 98-yard drive in eight plays. It included some uh, dumb penalties on the Raiders, a breakdown in the secondary, just an unforgivable uh, loss. It really is. And that drops the Raiders to 5-8 and eight after they had won three in a row. There was a sense of optimism, uh, not any longer. And the Rams had lost six in a row. That stopped a losing streak. <laughs> Baker Mayfield steps in. On 48 hours and beats Derek Carr. Who do you blame, Scott?
5: <laughs> Got a few guys I can name.
4: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I, I named three this morning. Okay,
5: <laughs> uh, Tillery, McDaniel's, Carr. Yeah. And I think Tillery's gotten off too easy. I saw a little bit on online where people were taking their shots at, and this guy's been kind of a knucklehead at times. He wouldn't since be. A, he came into the league. If I ran know? the
4: team, he would have been off the team the next day.
5: Oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean, that's just a, a crazy, foolish. Penalty, very immature. Mm -hmm. And it basically set up that drive. I think it would have been third down at about 20 after that sack inside their own 20 yard line. And instead, you know, and then Baker Mayfield comes through because I was ripping a Baker Mayfield fan. We were going back and forth, good buddy of mine texting back and forth, and I was talking about, yeah, he's weak and overvalued. And of course, he goes right down the field. (laughs) I didn't have any action on the game, thankfully. It was one of those, you know, where you wipe your brow. Uh, But listen, he made a couple of big passes. The thing about Baker Mayfield, he's not shy. And he's going to give you a chance to make a play on it if you're a receiver. And that's what he did. The passes were, well, the touchdown pass was right on target. Uh, the big pass that he had for about a 35, 40-yard pass a little bit earlier in the drive was basically his receiver going up and making a great play. Mm-hmm. But again, the pass was close enough to where he could go up and make that great play. I'm still not a big Mayfield guy. I don't like a guy who's headbutting without his helmet on the field after one game. But as far as the Raiders are concerned, we saw it again, Matt. I mean, Derek Carr... Terrible when he gets, you know, down to the red zone. His completion percentage in the red zone is horrendous. Mm -hmm. And it's a situation where the guy just can't make the right play when it counts the most for most of his career. And we talked about it last week, and it happened again on Thursday night.
4: Well, how about the interception he threw in the end zone right before the half? And you say, well, he got bumped from behind. It doesn't matter. Like Lombardi pointed out this morning, Devontae Adams was wide open his first read, and he didn't throw it to him for some reason. And then he decides to throw into quadruple coverage in the end zone, and gets hit, ball flutters up. It was going to get picked off anyway. Yeah, he,
5: he threw it into a mess. That's the whole thing. I mean, it was yeah. already going to be into a messy situation, yeah. even if he didn't get hit because he missed his first wide open receiver And Adams, like you said. And you got to be thinking there, we're going to go up, you know, at least with another field goal. All I have to do is not make a, a boneheaded play. And he didn't. And there you go. So they keep the Rams in it. The Rams come back and, and win the game thanks to other boneheaded plays. And now mm-hmm. their season's basically done. You know, they're not going anywhere now. And I don't know, man. I don't know how you bounce back from something like that because you're well on your way to your fourth straight win, and your own goofy plays throughout the course of the second half cost you.
4: Well, I think as a quarterback too, your job is to put the game away, be yes. the closer. Yep. Instead, what's Derek Carr do repeatedly? He leaves the back door propped open. Yeah, I'm done with Derek Carr. I think I've <laughs> actually I am. I think it's time the Raiders move on. You got to move yep. on to quarterback position. Do what you got to do. Get Aaron Rodgers out here next year because the Packers are looking for a way out that contract. And they've seen enough in Jordan Love. They think they can move on at this point. I think it's time for the Raiders and Aaron Rodgers to try to make this thing work. How about this from Josh Dubow of AP in Los Angeles. The Raiders are 0-4 this season when leading by double digits at halftime. Think about that, Scott. That never happens in the NFL. You don't blow leads like that in the NFL. The first team since at least 1930 (laughs) To lose four times in the season while leading by double digits out of the half
5: 1930—that's the year Dave Coken graduated from high school. <laughs> it's third time through. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just crazy stuff, and that's on Derek Carr more than anybody else. And I heard a couple of people defending Carr this week, saying, "Well, if he had Waller, uh, he'd have a better—you know—better numbers in the red zone." And I'm like, I- I'm not too sure about no. that. You hit it on the head when you said his first option of Adams was wide open. For whatever reason, he decided to throw into the mess into double triple coverage, whatever it was. Getting hit just gave him an excuse as to why he threw the pick because it was probably going to be picked anyway.
4: Look at this from NFL on CBS. What was completion percentage in the red zone this season? (laughs) Derek Carr, number one, or in other words, last, 39.6, right down there with Kenny Pickett and Davis Mills. And at
5: least those guys have an excuse. You know, they're, they're inexperienced quarterbacks. Derek Carr doesn't have... An excuse and I'm on the bandwagon of getting Aaron Rodgers out here. If he's healthy next year, you might get two. You might even luck out and get three years out of him, but at least get a year or two out of Aaron Rodgers, and he's already got that relationship with Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. And you know every guy who can catch a pass on that team, whether it be Waller when he gets healthy, uh, if Renfro's back, you know, of course Adams, the running backs, everybody's going to get a boost immediately from knowing that they've got Aaron Rodgers throwing the football to him. So I, I think it's a great move if they can if they can get it done.
4: Well, and you risk losing Devontae Adams if you dump Derek Carr. Sure. and Don't bring in Rodgers. Right. Right, because Devontae, a big reason he came out here, he wanted to play with Derek Carr, mm-hmm. his teammate from Fresno State, but I'm sure he'd be okay with Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but you make a good, another good point, point. I was thinking about this last night. Darren Waller has been no factor this season. Right. Hunter Renfro's been a ghost since the Arizona game when he got hit and fumbled and he right. suffered a concussion. If you can get all those guys healthy back on the field and you put Aaron Rodgers at a quarterback, Talking, Can you imagine
5: Rodgers in the red zone with that, man, those weapons? You're I talking mean, my about gosh. a
4: totally, totally different
5: world. Well, then it's all on Raiders. McDaniel's. <laughs> I tell you that much. Yeah. They lose under with with him at quarterback, and with that, that kind of weaponry for him to throw to, especially when you get inside the twenty, it's got to be on the coach if you don't come through at that point
4: got to have the weapons around the quarterback, and the Philadelphia Eagles do. And uh, I've talked about this so many times over the summer when I was doing those uh, radio hits across the country, and I was touting the Eagles, and uh, every every time I said it, I heard scoffs on the other end. I don't (laughs) believe in Jalen Hurts. Scott, right now, Jalen Hurts has 20 TD passes and three interceptions, 68% completions. Uh, Can he be the MVP? Can he close the gap on Patrick Mahomes? Well, we'll save that question for another day, but... Uh, Right now, uh, this is from NFL Total Access. Hurts is on pace to become the first passer with 100-plus rating and 10 or more rushing touchdowns in the same season in NFL history. Okay. Now, the game has changed a little bit. We're getting a lot more mobile quarterbacks in the NFL, but Jalen Hurts right now, I'd say he has 20 TD passes. That's not including what he's doing on the ground. He's only turned it over three times These numbers are kind of similar to what Caleb Williams is doing at USC. You know, he had 44 total touchdowns and three picks. Uh, Let's hear from Brian Dable, the uh, Giants coach, uh, talking about Jalen Hurts and uh, what it's like to defend a guy who's uh, so multi-talented. He's as competitive and mentally tough uh, as I've ever been around. Uh, He's a great teammate. So... You know, Unfortunately, we have to play them twice a year. Uh, I'm very happy for the successes that he's had. Uh, he's, again, he's a special, special young man to me, and he's, he's just a mentally tough guy,
3: Pat. Like, nothing rattles him. He doesn't get rattled. So he got this happened, this happened. He don't worry about all that stuff. He just focuses on what he needs to focus on. The short time I was around him,
6: I haven't been around him for five years or whatever it is, but just as a young, a young
4: college person, Uh, You have a great appreciation for his mental toughness, his competitive stamina, and his leadership. By the way, Brian Dable is on the staff at Alabama, uh, former Nick Saban assistant. So the Eagles are seven-point favorites on the road against the Giants in a big NFC East game for both teams. Total of 45. Scott, do you think the dog can be live here?
5: I do, I want to see if Saquon Barkley is going to get the AOK, okay. and so this might be kind of a late bet for me during the course of the day before he's the He's a game-time decision, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it might be one of those where you're making a, a play in the final three or four minutes before the game kicks off. Having said that, we, we used the Giants in the contest, and it had more to do with one of Al McMorty's situations than anything else. Uh, but, you know, who's going to fill in for Barkley? And At the same time that I say that, I keep thinking, you know, his last three games, he's averaged less than three yards per carry. So I know it matters. He's the leading receiver. I know he's a great running back. Mm-hmm. I really like Saquon Barkley. But all of a sudden, he's not running for more than three yards per play. So I start thinking, how much does it matter that he's going to be out? It's already probably a little bit baked into the number. And for that reason, I agreed, and we went ahead and used him in the contest. Are they a personal play? No. They might be if Saquon Barkley gets bumped up right. uh, to uh, expected to play or probable. But who's going to fill in? Is it going to be Breda? I mean, he's barely run the football this year. You know, so you gotta have somebody who can step up. I know Danny Dimes can run the football, maybe create a little bit of extra yardage with his legs.
4: Giants were uh, on my short list to be a potential contest play, but I didn't want to take the seven. And uh, Saquon Barkley and turns out, up. Yeah, yeah, turns <laughs> out not playing. And then the number seven and a half, you know, right? Like, I feel like a dope. Uh, so I left the Giants off the card this week. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the Jets and the Bills, and uh, a lot more with Dwayne Colucci next. You never want to miss DC. Uh, the Rampart Sportsbook Manager. He's always got sharp opinions on the NFL. He's going to join us next year in a couple minutes on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Humans on VEASAN, the sports
4: betting network. College bowl season is about to kick off. VEASAN has you covered with this year's college football bowl guide. Brent Musburger has a pick on the spread and the total of every game. Steve McInerney, Josh Applebaum, Adam Burke, and others contribute to uh, all sorts of different angles as we look at the uh, massive number of bowls. Scott, I haven't counted up. Uh, The number, I think it's 42, something like
5: that. Yeah, I've only made two plays thus far, man, with all these guys that are going to be sitting out over the course of time. Used to be firing out bets on the Bulls as soon as they hung the lines and just can't do it anymore.
4: It's tough to do, and that's why we've done the Bull Guide a little bit differently this year. We didn't put out uh, write-ups and scouting reports on every game this week. We're going to wait until closer to game time to put these uh, out because of the transfer portal, Uh, opt-outs and everything that goes into it. It's such a fluid situation when you're handicapping the Bulls. Uh, give yourself an edge. Visit vsin.com slash subscribe to check out the college football bowl betting guide and every uh, write-up we we do leading up to game time. vsin.com slash subscribe. All right, Dwayne Colucci, D.C., from the Rampart Sportsbook. He's a manager out there. Dwayne, welcome in today. When's the last time you went to Shake Shack out in downtown <laughs> Summerlin?
3: <laughs> Probably uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, definitely love me some Shake Shack. Without a doubt, uh, like we were saying, off well, they had a high quality meat. I like the way the burgers taste, and you know, uh, In and Out is pretty good too. So I'm not going to fault either.
4: I like them both, yeah, no doubt about it. And you're a New York guy. I was out there at Shake Shack in downtown Summerlin in last week. I, wait, I got
5: a little uh, In and Out, man. You get it home and the sauce is cold. Uh, you got right to you know? eat it right away. Yeah, you know, Felica talked eat about this down. all the time. You got to yeah. eat it there. You got to eat it in the yeah. car, man. That's that's all there is to it. Correct.
4: So- some places where you go, you have to eat it now. Other Absolutely. places you can wait a little bit, but it's like Mexican food. That's You can't take that home. You gotta no, you got to eat it, eat it yeah. there. Yeah.
5: yeah, no doubt about All right, it. Right. <laughs> Popeye's ain't <laughs> bad the second day. Don't <laughs> <be it. laughs>
4: hey, Dwayne, uh, we're going to get some of your opinions here on the game. So I wanted to start with uh, actually the Jets-Bills game because the Jets got the better of the Bills the first time around, and now we're seeing – Uh, Double-digit favorite, Buffalo, minus 10, total of uh, 42.5, 43. And I think uh, the betting public expects the Bills to get payback here. What do you expect uh, with Mike White at quarterback, uh, opposing Josh Allen here in Buffalo with a double-digit number?
3: Yeah, well, it's going to be tough to handicap, I'll be honest, Matt, because uh, the Bills were on that long road trip, and they, they're they very accomplished. We know how good Josh Allen is. We know how good Diggs is. You know, granted, they lost their best defensive players, so that's going to take its toll in the long run. Jets lost a heartbreaker against Minnesota. I mean, how many opportunities did Mike White have down the stretch? And credit to the Minnesota defense. They basically, uh, you know, shut it down and sealed it up. It was a close game, though. The Jets are definitely hungry, and they're so well coached. Uh, We went past the key number, though, guys. We opened it up at 9 at the Red in South Point, and now we're sitting at minus 10, like you said, Matt. A a lot of the public are feeling that the Bills are going to get their payback, especially up there in Buffalo. You know, it's probably going to be freezing cold total is 43 I believe that's down a point from the opener and you know we know the trends in early season a lot of unders have been coming through Uh, now we get later in the season and I think there's going to be a lot of mistakes I think the Jets have a chance with the double digits but Buffalo is definitely the much better team and they have to stay focused and hungry because the Chiefs and definitely now Cincinnati are starting to rise and it's going to be a tough tough AFC competition down the stretch between those three teams in my opinion So definitely a must win for the Bills, but they don't have to cover guys.
5: Dwayne, our preview show way back in early September, Matt and I spent probably two hours and 45 minutes out of the three hours talking about Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. I was asked by a couple of guys on Twitter if we were on the payroll, but hey, look how (laughs) well they played ever since. You might have an MVP out of Jalen Hurts. They're taking on the Giants. They're a seven-point favorite, the Eagles. How much, if any, has been baked into – Saquon Barkley being a game-time decision, and then what happens to this number if we hear that he doesn't play, you know, an hour before game time?
3: Well, definitely, Scott. Their offense depends on Saquon and that running game. Whether it's Saquon or Daniel Jones using his legs, they definitely have relied on a running attack. They don't have a prolific passing attack. You guys were definitely right. I'm a Cowboys fan. I was nervous the minute that I saw that they signed A.J. Brown and they had him in the fold. And look at what he's done this season. And Jalen Hurts is definitely an MVP candidate. They are the best team currently in the NFC. They might not be playing the best right now, but they still have maintained with only one loss. And uh, definitely, it's been a tough, tough division this year. Incredibly, the NFC East, you know, last week all the teams were qualifying for the playoffs. Then we had some changes. You know, you had that tie last week. That's definitely got to be playing in the Giants' minds. I-, I like the Eagles in this game, especially if Saquon is banked up and doesn't play, Scott. I definitely think that puts the Eagles over the seven, two, eight, or 9, maybe mm. even the point spread will reach in this matchup, despite it being in MetLife. I definitely think Saquon means so much. Total is sitting at 44, which uh, you know I think it's a little high. It was bet down from 45 and a half what we set the number at the Rampart South Point. So, uh, I could understand the unders. I know New York it's been about 30 degrees there the last couple of days. There was some rain earlier in the week, but it was cleared up today. Uh, Definitely a tough divisional matchup, but the Eagles have the upper hand and they want to maintain because that Dallas is starting to play really well, and they're definitely right on their heels. So if you lose, and Dallas should win this week, then it becomes a dogfight, and that Christmas Eve game becomes all that more important. Yeah. So I think the Eagles want to avoid that. That's the whole key.
4: That's a good point, because uh, I don't think the Eagles are clear yet in the division. You know, <laughs> And you can't drop a game like this. Dwayne, if, uh, if you're going to play a teaser, and I think uh, the betting public loves to play teasers, and the Eagles are a prime candidate there. Are you going to knock him down to minus one? Who would you pair the Eagles with if you're betting a teaser tomorrow?
3: I'll tell you, I'd probably pair them with the Bengals again. I mean, I love the way Joe Burrow is playing. And you're sitting at five and a half, so you could – technically on a six point and Matt get plus a half in that game and I think they're the better team despite Watson coming back you know he didn't look all that great in his first week for the Browns mm-hmm. and Burrow chases back you have awesome awesome wide receiving core and they're able to run the ball and they're playing their best football of the season right now so I definitely think the uh, uh Bengals would be an option maybe the Cowboys but the Texans always get up for us guys you know for some reason it doesn't matter who the quarterback is what the matchup is the Texans usually you know play and it's definitely a big interstate rivalry, but the Cowboys, if that defense starts to get going, they're definitely going to shut the Texans down, and they can put up points in a hurry, like Matt said, while he was grabbing his Burger King. All of a sudden, <laughs> that thing turns. I mean, the Colts look like, I, I was crying, basically, as a Cowboy fan inside. The Colts look like the right side, and then all of a sudden, Dallas started to <laughs> oppose their will. So, uh, Also, the Chiefs are an option, Matt. I mean, come on. If you lose to the Colorado <laughs> Broncos at that point at this point of the season where the games mean so much uh, I would definitely be upset if I was looking at that game so uh, I think the Chiefs are definitely a play three and a half they would be minus on a teaser and you know the Broncos are just terrible Hackett is going to lose his job after the season Russell Wilson doesn't look motivated so there's a couple of selections that I would put on the tease with the Eagles.
4: It's interesting. Uh, I'm seeing nine at most spots right now on the Chiefs. So I guess you could play a six and a half point teaser, knock the Eagles down to a half, and the yeah. Chiefs down to two and a half. Right? If you wanted to play it, uh, wanted to play it that way. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne, I did want to ask you about the Texans Cowboys game because the Texans right now are one ten and one, but the largest margin of defeats eighteen points, and that was to the Raiders. So they've been somewhat competitive, uh, but. Would you be inclined here to uh, take the 17 or lay it, 17 and a half, or lay it when you're talking about this Texans Cowboys matchup? Because I wonder if the Cowboys are going to be coasting a little bit, maybe uh, sleepwalking in a game like this when they have much bigger games on deck.
3: Yeah, that's a definite possibility, Matt. And I think they're going back to Mills this week as well. Yes. Houston is. I think they announced that. So I think he's the right quarterback. He's definitely better than Allen. And uh, you know, I think that if Dallas gets a big lead, they're going to use the uh, two-prong running attack and Schultz on the short game. So I think that definitely Pollard will see a lot of action. Elliott will if they open up a big lead early. But Dallas's uh, defense can create turnovers, so we have to be careful that if they start to create the turnovers and start to score the ball, then it could become another blowout. I mean, we've seen them blow out the Vikings, blew out the Colts, which are much better teams than this Texan team, but like you said, their biggest loss was against the Raiders, and the Raiders are just horrible. So, you know, we have to keep (laughs) in mind on (laughs) this game. I mean, I I gotta be honest, I know I'm upsetting a lot of Las Vegas fans, but that was just a horrendous (laughs) loss this week. I mean, unbelievable. So, I, I definitely think that Dallas can cover. I don't feel comfortable laying, though, these big numbers at the NFL level. You know, 17 and a half, 18. It's like shades of the Super Bowl there, uh, San Francisco versus San Diego. So, you know, I think this is a big mismatch. But Dallas might want to, uh, you know, not risk injury if they get up by a lot and coast, like Matt said. Possibly sleepwalk into the next couple of weeks that are much more important.
4: Follow him at NY Bookie, Dwayne. Stop by the Rampart to see him. Great sports book out there in Summerlin. If you want to watch games, if you're in town, Dwayne. In the last ten seconds, give me your best bet tomorrow uh, against the spread.
3: Uh, my best bet against the spread. I'm probably going to go with, like you said, the Philadelphia Eagles. Take okay. my chances that the Giants will get shut down.
4: All right, Dwayne. Thanks a lot, man. Have a great weekend.
3: I appreciate it, guys. Thanks
4: for having me. All right, that's D.C. We'll come back with uh, the primetime previews, Dolphins, Chargers, Patriots, Cardinals.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.
5: is uncanny usa
4: he says somebody's in the house and i screamed
0: listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
6: this is colin coward from the herd with colin cowherd angie's list is now angie the nation's largest home service marketplace
0: is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt humans
2: on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: All right, fall sports in full swing at BetRivers Online Sportsbook. It's your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a soccer, football, hockey, or hoops fan, BetRivers has you covered. Join every week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance. Friday night, college football bet and get. Sunday football, parlay, insurance, and more. Bet Rivers is calling all soccer fans to head over to check out the World Cup daily bet and get. Again, Bet Rivers Sportsbook at betrivers.com. All right, back here on the Sunday Bet Prep Show, Scott Spritzer. Uh, Matt, let's look at the primetime games. And it was supposed to be. Uh, Chiefs-Broncos on Sunday night, but Russell Wilson's (laughs) been so bad they had to uh, take him off prime time and uh, move him up into the afternoon. It took
5: 45 minutes and 52 seconds for you to rip Russell Wilson. That's a new record. (laughs)
4: Uh, NBC is not going to ride with uh, Russell Wilson and Broncos country. We're going to have Dolphins at Chargers instead. And uh, the second straight game for the Dolphins on the West Coast after they took the 33-17 loss at San Francisco. Dolphins, three to three-and-a-half-point favorites. A lot of places are showing the hook, including DraftKings on this, and a total of 53-and-a-half. So Tua off a, uh, I I to say a subpar performance last week. Not terrible, but it was borderline. It was borderline. It was pretty bad. And uh, he got beat by a San Francisco defense that's one of the best in the league, and that's not the case with the Chargers right now because they're banged up and not playing in a high-level uh, defensively. Scott, uh, this is a contest play for me. How about you?
5: And you're taking the points. I'm taking the points. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, I got a little action on the Chargers. (laughs) I'm watching the Dolphins last week, and and first of all, you mentioned Tua uh, did not look at his best last week for sure against that uh, Niner defense. Right. Miami can't run the football, but at least run the football more than eight times. They didn't have to abandon the run. They were down seven Mm. at half. It was 17 to 10. They ran the ball eight times for 33 yards. So you're putting your quarterback in a real bad spot as it is, and he's having a bad game. Not just because of that, but he's having a bad game anyway. And then you add to uh, the fact that he's not getting the job done through the year by not running the football at all. I could see if it's 27 to three at halftime, but it was 17 to 10, and you're going up against a quarterback who's never played in the league before. So anyway, uh, they don't run the football well. They gave up a few more yards than normal on the ground than they normally do. Chargers weak against the run. But I don't think it's going to be an issue against Miami because, again, they don't run the football that well. Uh, The Chargers can't run the football on their offense. They do damage through the air, and Miami allows a ton of passing yards Mm -hmm. per game. It's what they do, bottom third in the league. So I would think you know Herbert and the Charger offense will be able to take advantage. The thing is also is that the Chargers really should be helped out this week because the areas they struggle in, that's where Miami struggles too. It's not like they're in a matchup situation where they're going up with their weakness against another team's strength. And again, that Chargers passing game ought to find success. I I know Miami has better metrics in key areas, but I think all of that's baked into this number. And at plus three and a half, I had to jump on the Chargers here. If they were laying points, I don't care who they're playing, we go against them. If they're taking points, even though it's not much of a home field advantage, I still think it's a worthwhile bet in this game. Until Miami can start showing at least a little bit of balance offensively when games are close, it's hard to back them, especially when they're laying points on the road.
4: Yeah, right here at uh, Circus Sports and also at DraftKings, the number's three and a half. And obviously that uh, three and a half is uh, juiced a little bit if you want to take it at minus 120. South Point and Rampart, where Dwayne Colucci is, we just talked to Dwayne, that's at three flat. So uh, I I like the Chargers catching the three and the hook in this spot. Like I always say, fade the Chargers as favorites, (laughs) but you have to consider them as dogs. And uh, I think the Dolphins are a little bit phony too, Scott. And a During that recent five-game winning streak as the Dolphins put together and you had all this hype about how well Tua was playing, how good they played. They beat five sub-500 opponents. Right. You come out to the West Coast, you face a good defense, and suddenly you look very ordinary. Uh, By the way, the last time the Chargers were at home in a home dog role, Patrick Mahomes had to work some late-game magic to rally the Chiefs to a comeback Mm -hmm.
5: victory. That's right.
4: Right. So – I, I do like this spot for the Chargers. And uh, like I said, it's not a bet out of my pocket yet, but I did uh, make it a contest play in both contests today.
5: If you look at their schedule, they're you know they the big come from behind win against Baltimore to open things up yeah. when Baltimore blew it. Yeah. So they were oh, helped yeah. out there. Then you got the win over the Buffalo Bills, which was week three. And that was a situation of, well, they caught the Bills at the right time. Give them credit. They got the job done.
4: Got totally destroyed in the box score. In the, exactly. In the stats, yeah. Exactly.
5: Not even close. And so you look at the wins. Who have they beaten other than the Bills? And you just mentioned that they were completely outplayed, got a fortunate final score. They haven't beat anybody. They beat Detroit before Detroit kind of caught fire or or put it into gear, so to speak. And I just don't trust this team. I just don't think they're as good as what a lot of people feel right now. They've got at Chargers, at Bills the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And I think we could be talking about what a three-game losing skid by the time they get past the Bills, then they go home against Green Bay where they probably should be able to get a win. Uh, but just over the next couple of weeks, I can't see him winning either one of these games.
4: All right, let's go to Monday night: Patriots and Cardinals. And uh, I hate to say it, but I got a contest play on this one as well. All right, and, uh,
5: the way you said it, I'm gonna. Boy, I don't know, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess and say on New England. Actually, I'm not guessing. I, am, I saw your card. <laughs>
4: I, am on, I am on the Patriots, even though last week I said I'm done with the Patriots. I'm, I'm so anti Arizona, I can't help it here. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and play. it. I said. A week ago, for the first time in the Bill Belichick era, we're going back 23 years, Patriots looked like a poorly coached team. And that's on the offensive side of the ball. There were so many numbers you can throw out there now to indicate that the Patriots are a poor offensive team. And those numbers don't lie. And um, right now, they're 20th in scoring offense. They're tied for last in red zone efficiency. You can go on and on and on. And actually, the Patriots have had uh, 23 more uh, penalties, accepted penalties against them uh, this season, are 23 in that category. And that's not typical of a Bill Belichick coach team. Uh, so there's a lot of negative uh, numbers you can look at for the Patriots. But I still think there's hope here because <laughs> Mac Jones in this Patriots offense facing an Arizona defense that ranks 31st in scoring, allowing about 27 points a game. And even if you think the Patriots are a poorly coached team, try watching the Cardinals <laughs> for a couple
5: weeks. Well, that's what I was going to say. If you like the... If you like the Cardinals here, there's reasons to like them, and I'll give those in a second, but you still got to go to the window holding your nose when you think about Kingsbury against uh, against Belichick. But then, of course, you factor Matt Patricia on offense into the mix, and all of a sudden things start to even out a little bit. But uh, the issue for New England, for me, I saw your plays a little while ago for the contest, and I did see you had the Patriots. If you would have made me guess... Uh, probably because last week you said I'm never playing this team again. I'm done with them. I would have guessed Arizona. But the one thing about (laughs) New England is they've taken on three mobile quarterbacks who have torn them up Uh recently. Uh, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. uh, Those three teams ran for 563 yards against the Pats on 5.2 yards per carry. So can Kyler Murray be halfway healthy and come out and get out there with his feet, skate around a little bit, create problems for a New England defense defense? That's already had problems with a mobile quarterback and then Arizona at four and eight for their losses have been one score defeats. A couple of those were eight point defeats, but still within one touchdown and a two point conversion. So this team's not that far from being six and six, same record as the Patriots. I worry about that Patriots defense when you got to face a mobile quarterback because they look lost sometimes. But uh, boy, I can't go against that handicap of Belichick against Kingsbury. That's awfully tough.
4: Well, I did write about that, too, on uh, the v website, my plays this week. I said the, the main concern I have for the Patriots is their inability to control mobile quarterbacks. Sure. And you keep thinking about that late October Monday night game against Justin Fields, but those were a lot of designed runs right. that the Bears have for Justin Fields. And Kyler Murray's more of an improviser, uh, improvisational type of player, just scrambles and makes sure. things happen. He's a backyard football player, uh, but still he's going to be tough to contain for the Patriots. You look at the numbers. By the way, the Patriots ranked number seven in the NFL in scoring defense at eighteen point eight points per game. It seems like they're worse than that, <laughs> uh, but that's, yeah. a, that's a pretty solid number for New, New England to be number seven in the league in uh, that category. By the way, the Cardinals have lost four of their past five. The one win over the Rams, they allowed an average of thirty-two points in those four losses. So the defense not playing at a high level. Uh, right now one and
5: five at home do you think maybe i mean have you even thought about the total in this one i know you mentioned the patriots have the number seven scoring defense but when you look at how they fared against mobile quarterbacks and then arizona's bad defense any thoughts to an over this one at forty three and a half? in
4: fact i did and then we did the circuit friday football invitational and two of the sharpest guys in the contest were playing the under there you go and uh, so i said "Ah, i'll just throw that one out (laughs) (laughs) that's a bad (laughs) idea i hate totals anyway (laughs) and uh it's kind of like
5: Tampa Bay with that over that I was talking about. Looks like a 40, but I'm going to pass it anyway uh, and not play the over.
4: Uh, by the way, you brought up a good point there. The Cardinals have been dreadful at home the past two years. Yeah, And that's also amazing. a factor into why,
5: why would you –
4: is there any way to explain how bad Arizona's been on its home field?
5: I don't get it. No, I really don't know. I mean, as far as the spread's concerned, you could always say, well, they're a little bit overvalued whether they're on their home turf, but you know they're losing games outright at home, and that's the part that I can't understand – is how you can actually play a decent brand of football away from home. You come back to the home confines, and you can't find a way to win the game. One in five this year, you mentioned they struggled last year.
4: Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a break. That's the end of hour number one. On deck, Chad Andrus, Denver radio host. Also, Will Hill's going to join us in the next hour. Chad's going to talk about Scott's favorite quarterback, <laughs> Russell Wilson, and more. Stay tuned here on VSEN Sports Betting Network.
2: offer valid on select AK systems sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
4: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen
5: the bride and groom?
4: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost
2: track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest
4: registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.